Welcome to another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan, and I'm joined by Program Manager at Microsoft, Mike James. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm very well. This is the first podcast recording ever to take place on a PC on, on this side of the ocean. It's a big um, day. Normally, I, it's a huge day. Um, I've had to download some new software because usually we use Logic Pro, which is uh, obviously a Mac-only app. So today we're sporting Adobe Audition. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the audio and quality will be amazing, and hopefully the content will be even better. Um, but how are you, Pierce? I'm amazing. I can't really complain. Just uh, been building mobile apps. Got got dev days coming up this weekend in Boston, so pretty psyched for that. That's going to be a good time. And then just, like I said, building mobile apps. Been doing a lot with Azure lately, so I've been working a lot with cognitive services, a lot of the identity stuff, which we're actually going to talk about on the podcast today. It's actually really cool to explore all the different things. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before that, that Azure has, because there's literally like hundreds and hundreds of services and you can never know them all. And oh, so yeah. it's cool to like dig into them and be like, huh, I could use this in my app. And I know you have this problem with beer drinking where you're always like, huh, I could use this in my app. And then you just keep adding stuff. And yep. so I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, trying out all these Azure services and being like, huh, this is actually pretty nifty. Yeah, so part of uh, part of what I've been tasked with since the acquisition is to uh, generate a gap analysis of uh, product support with Azure services uh, and how are they supported with Xamarin. So I've been going through all, all of the product offerings um, and I think I'm looking at 55 products but each product has got sub-products. So if we look at things like cognitive services, that's like, what, 21, 22 different APIs? But I track it as just one product out of those 55. So you kind of get a feel for just how many different services and features there are of Azure. And it, yeah, it's mind-blowing. Um, but I'm pretty excited to talk about identity and authentication today because this is still something that I know is getting better, but I don't... I don't keep my finger on the pulse on it, so I'm very interested to understand what's going on because you, you've got some uh, pretty exciting information around Active Directory, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. Yeah, no, identity has always been one of those things that I never really understood. And obviously, I still don't understand. There's all these protocols, there's OAuth, there's all this, all these moving parts, there's services that are built on top of these protocols. And you kind of think you have a grasp of it, and then you you know, you hit an issue or something like that, and you realize how much you really don't know. But the last few weeks, I've really been, you know, head first into identity in general. And so I wanted to uh, to do a Xamarin podcast on some of the stuff I've learned, uh, just talking about authentication uh, and identity in mobile apps at a high level, because I think it's something that's tricky to get right. Uh, when we think about mobile apps, uh, identity is a key aspect of, of the service. If we make it really, really easy for users to have their own account and to share information with other accounts and that sort of thing, that's only going to be to our benefit as a developer. Um, now, obviously, we know that that we want to build this identity into our mobile apps, uh, and most most often. Um, but I think the the tricky part for me has always been, well, how do I actually go about doing that, and what strategy is right? Because there's all these crazy things to consider. Um, so first of all, I think it's important to say. Does my mobile app even need an identity component, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, is there any user-centric data? 
So am I, you know, storing notes to do items, uh, things like that that are that are just mine that other users don't have. And so, am I, does a user actually own something? And if our if our app isn't, you know, cloud connected, for example, then it may not even matter. We don't need an identity component because we're just storing everything locally. Uh, but if we're storing something up in the cloud or something like that, obviously we have to have an identity component, uh, which most mobile apps nowadays, especially consumer facing applications, are going to have that component of any magnitude, right? Um, I, I think the second one is really, do we need to protect data access, even if it's not user-centric? So this is especially important in enterprise applications, right? We may not have actual data that's tied to, to a particular user, but we want to ensure that everyone who accesses the app in general is someone who uh, we've, we've verified is actually a part of our organization. So maybe they don't have actual data that's tied to them as a user, but we want to protect the data as a whole um, from these outside forces. Um, and I think those are really the two main questions to ask when you're building a mobile app in terms of identity. Obviously, there's probably some other edge cases. Um, like if I'm building a Pomodoro timer app, I don't need to build identity into it. You're just making it, number one, horrible for the user, and number two, creating more work for yourself. So it actually yep. is worth asking, does my mobile app need identity? So like for something like beer drinking, uh, that would probably use identity, correct, Mike? It does, yeah. Um... Simply for the, well, there's a couple of reasons why I'm using identity. The, the main one is that I wanted to be able to sync the data from device to device. Uh, that was the first reason for why I went with social authentication. Um, and then it kind of grew out of that, well, because we've got this social auth and at the moment the only way to authenticate is with Facebook, um, I can actually just pull in a list of your friends and then I can add a social element to the app itself. Um, so yeah, I, I had thought about building a version of the app that didn't require you to sign up, um, but it, it makes that whole persisting the data and then syncing it to multiple devices exceptionally difficult. Now obviously I could, if I was just targeting iOS, I could use iCloud, um, and at that point I'm able to sync data from each iOS device without knowing any of the user's information. Um, but if they want to see it on the desktop or they want to see it on an Android device, then well, they can't. Um, it's stuck yeah. in iCloud. Um, so yeah, definitely went down the um, social auth side. But the first version of, of authentication with beer drinking was actually custom auth. Um, and what I found out with that is that custom authentication is exceptionally difficult. So I wanted to have them sign up via email, at, you know, type in their email and a password, and we'd save it to the database. Uh, and then what I found what I was doing is I was just saving all of the users into my user table. Um, but because I had offline sync, I was syncing that user table down to everybody's devices unencrypted. So uh, it was okay because I was the only person using the app and I had some test accounts. So when I opened up the, the SQLite file, uh, I could see all my test accounts, email addresses and part. Well, I couldn't see their passwords. It was hashed, but I could see their email addresses, their first names, their last names, how many beers they had. And I could edit that information and then it would force a change on the back end. So I was like, oh, this goodness. is not, yeah, this is not good. So I was like, how do I fix this? And at the time, the easiest way to fix it was to just get rid of it and to go with social auth because the Azure guys have dealt with all the security for me. So I can't go and put my you know, foot in my mouth and, and cause a huge security breach in, in my app before I've even shipped it. 
Well, not even mentioning the security things. If you're pulling down all the users, and by some chance you get lucky and have millions of users, <laughs> you're pulling down millions of yeah. records of users into the into the SQLite database for the app. So yeah, that's a good transition. Uh, so we're we're gonna break down each type of authentication or identity solution for mobile apps. And I think there's there's three main ones, and there's certainly combinations of the three, but. Mike just talked about local authentication. There's obviously social authentication. And then there is enterprise authentication, which we'll get to in a second. So local auth. I did the same thing with Moments. I was like, you know what? You know, username, password, this is the way you build apps. You need a username, you, pa you need a password. Makes sense, a lot of apps have it. And then you realize like all the complexity that comes with that. Not only just the security concerns, because there's tons of those. Like, I don't want to be in the business of having to, you know, be the guy who has to make that blog post that says we were hacked and all of your usernames and passwords have been leaked. Uh, yep. I don't, I don't want to be in the business of having to do that. So not even mentioning the security stuff, there's tons and tons of things you have to consider. You have to consider like password reset. So you have to handle that scenario. That's bound to happen if people are creating accounts, especially in an app like, you know, beer drinking where I may have hundreds of beers I've saved. I get a new phone. If I don't have all of those beers that I've already saved, then I'm likely to just download a different beer drinking app because what's the point, right? Nope. Uh, my beers aren't going to be there because I can't get logged into my account. So that's like one issue. The second is like from a security standpoint, not only just you know ensuring that everything is, is secure and good to go. Nowadays, mobile users expect two-factor auth on a lot of their accounts as well. And I don't even mm -hmm. want to get into having to implement that on my own. Uh, so that's, that's just a mess. And I tried this for Moments, which was a, a Snapchat clone I built a few years ago. And it was just a disaster, like you said. There's too many things to have to consider. And, uh, and so I kind of try and stray away from that. And so now my rule is when I build mobile apps, certainly username, password, still super, super common in mobile apps. And it's, it's really good because you don't have to tie yourself to a particular social provider. Um, and some people are weird about, you know, the security implications that come with that. Some people may not have the social providers you support. So I, I've been tr kind of trying to avoid um, local authentication uh, until recently. And I, I, I found out about Azure uh, Active Directory B2C which if you've heard of Active Directory, it's similar to that. It's actually built on top of that. And essentially, it allows you to do those local accounts. So username, password combos. It handles password reset. It handles all of that for you, which is really, really nice. Essentially, I just create um, what's called a B2C tenant. So a tenant is like an organization. So for maybe an app, you would have your own tenant. Then you create these things called policies, which are just like essentially like sign-in, sign-out flows, that sort of thing. I can literally say, hey, during the sign-up process, collect this information. I want their first name, their last name, their email, their phone number. It'll actually generate the UI for me, very nice. Um, and then I can use uh, MCEL, which is the Microsoft Authentication Library, which is the successor to ADAL. And it's literally like 25 lines of code to add to my app. And I don't ha I'm not in the business of storing usernames and passwords. I'm not in the business of having to do all the stuff that comes with identity management. So password reset, two-factor auth, all that stuff. I don't have to roll my own, which I think is the biggest component. Yet at the same time, I can still do those local accounts that like still feel very, very natural to the user. So like B2C, really, really cool. It's still in preview for most of the world. It recently uh, was announced that it was generally available in North America. But it's worth a try at least, I think, even if you, if you don't go for that particular service, it's worth a try looking into it. It's free through the rest of the year. Unlimited users free through the rest of 2016. So definitely worth a go. 
Um, I'm sure there's other solutions. So if you if you have any, feel free to tweet at us. But that's just one that I found, and I was like, wow, I don't have to manage all this. Brilliant, and uh, and I get the best of both worlds because it actually supports social authentication. So you mentioned you're using social auth for beer drinking. Yeah. Uh, so what's your experience been like when when working with social auth, and when do you think it makes sense for apps to use social auth? Um, uh, yeah, I think social auth is is good on the whole. Um, but I think the issue that I have with social auth is the testing. Um, it be- it basically becomes impossible because of the way that social auth works, um, especially when you're using the the easiest of the APIs in order to call into the social auth from Azure. Um, it becomes impossible to test in other staging slots. You you can only really authenticate in production, so that's that's a bit of a limitation for me, which is quite quite huge. Um, Certainly, when I when I was running my tests, integration tests on the back ends, when I had the email sign up, although you know security issues aside, it was much easier to test that stuff uh, in an automated fashion. Whereas with social, I've still not found a good flow for it. Um, but if if you're happy to not have other like staging slots or you know a testing slot, and you only want production, then it's pretty easy to get started with. Um, it's kind of clicking around in a website. Uh, you go onto the Facebook uh, website, you register your app, it gives you some unique keys that you need to keep private. You paste those into the Azure portal. Um, and then again, you, you mark what you want. So you can say you want the friends list, you want the basic profile, and it's going to uh, grab all of that information for you. Um, now, it's not going to store it for you. It doesn't save it to anywhere. And so I was going to ask about um, about the... A D B to C. So when it's when it's generating, I guess, a web view with the sign up information. Is that right? Yeah, it generates a web view with the sign up information. Now yeah. you don't necessarily have to use the web view. You can, you know, build your own UI, which is obviously what you do in production, but for testing and everything it's great. And then you can pass it back to the library. So yeah, you can do the either the web view, it generates that automatically for you, or you can roll your own. Amazing. So you've got the web view with all the fields. When you hit save, where is that being saved to and how do I get that data back? What do you mean? So as a user, I hit sign up. Right. And as a developer, because from my understanding, especially with the social auth, when I hit sign in, it's doing magic. I I just get, you know, a true or a false if the user is now signed in. Well... How how do I as a developer get that information back from the sign up process? So I want their name, their email address, so that I can store it in my database um, as a user object to assign to, to to be the owner for the to do item. Right. Well, you have several options. So essentially, the B two C library is going to return an authentication token, and that authentication token you can do several things with. You can keep it locally and not do anything with it. So maybe if you don't have a backend or you uh, an Azure backend or you have a backend that doesn't need it, um, then you can just keep that locally and uh, and add you know the authorization header and that sort of thing. Do it the old fashioned way. Another thing you can do is you can actually, because it's just an authentication token, you can use claims. And so you can actually extract information from the authentication token using the claims process, uh, which is a a common thing with with auth tokens. Now you have to be careful because there's, 
tons of claims you can add with B2C. I think there's like 20 something claims. But the problem with that quickly becomes my authentication token is now large. And I've actually yeah. talked to developers whose authentication token was so large because they had so many claims that every time they'd hit their backend, it would actually have to make two HTTP calls to actually send the uh, to send the auth token, which is obviously not ideal and was causing lots of issues. So that's yeah. one option. You can just get the claims there and create a, a user object from that. Um, the option that I've been using most recently is to actually take my user, uh, take my authentication token and pass that up to Azure Mobile Apps. And I have a custom Azure Mobile Apps endpoint that I've created. And in, within that endpoint, I actually extract those claims. So I do the server side, the same thing I was just describing client side. And essentially, yep. I take the user ID and I say, is this user already in my table? Yes or no, my user's table. Um, I'm not storing any usernames or passwords. And uh, I create almost like a shadow account, I guess is what I call it. And so it yep. has their their uh, their user ID, which is their unique identifier, and then that's where I'm storing, you know, first name, last name, all their identif all their identifying information, um, and then so essentially when they log in again, if their entry is already there, well then I'm just returning that entry, um, yep. which is really really nice. Now also you can use uh, the Microsoft Graph API to grab any information you want from them. So say you have like 20 claims you want to grab, obviously you don't want to put all those in an auth token. You can actually just say, hey, give me the user ID and their email and maybe like a photo URL or something. And uh, so that's three claims. That's fairly reasonable. Uh, and then you can actually pass that to Azure Mobile Apps, for example. And in your endpoint, call the Graph API and grab all that information and sync it back and forth. So that's one option. Uh, I think the easiest is to just not be in the business of having to duplicate that information at all. And the only thing that I'm actually keeping track of um, on the actual and the actual back end is is the user ID and that's that's not going to change and so I use the user ID from B2C to actually identify all my users info and if I need to go get their first name last name photo URL something like that that's when I use the graph API behind the scenes and, and then that way you don't have to synchronize the two but that's the way I've been doing it there's probably better ways um, but it's not that difficult it's like maybe 40 lines of code to do that duplication process if that is actually what you want to do. Yeah, I'm just thinking in the realm of, you know, the social kind of apps where you've got the profile page for the users. And obviously, I don't want to keep uh, private information to do with authentication within my user object that is going to be passed down to display the profile page. Yep. Um, so having a, a, a set of duplicate objects, effectively, one in uh, MSAL, is it? Yeah, so, so MSAL is a library for authenticating. Yeah, MSAL. This is, uh, I, I mean, there are many, many products at, at Microsoft to do to do this kind of thing, which is, I think, half of the problem here is that, that, you know, choice has a paralyzing effect. And when you're dealing, I mean, we've already mentioned, what, three three or four approaches. We've got ADAL, which you shouldn't use anymore. We've now got MSAL, which you should use. But within MSAL, you can use claims or you can just go straight with the uh, graph api so again you know it's it's pretty complicated yeah this... it is there's a lot of moving parts yeah um, and the good news is we're working on getting some documentation up that'll help in terms of approaches because i think once you figure out what the right approach is for your app that's going to go a long way and 
to add to the complexity, I mentioned that you know you could do the web view that it generates automatically for you, which is the easiest. Like when I'm building a new app, that's what I'm doing. I'm always using what's called the server flow authentication approach. Um, yeah. And then maybe I want to do something like with social auth. Like I want to open up the Facebook app. Uh, and actually, you know, when we when we authenticate and they say, hey, um, uh, beer drinking wants to use wants to use your account or whatever it actually says, and you click OK, and then it redirects you back. That's the client flow. So essentially, it server flow versus client flow boils down to who owns the authentication process. Generally, you're going to want to always use the client flow in a production app. But I think getting yep. started, especially with social auth with something like Azure mobile apps, like you said, it's essentially clicking around, getting a few keys, pasting them into you know, your backend and your set, which is really nice for getting started. But I think when you finally get to the point where you're going to ship your app, you want that native experience. You don't want to be showing web views and that sort of thing. So it makes sense to go client flow. So there's definitely pros to using, you know, the social authentication approach, right? You don't have to do the accounts like we just talked about. That was That's a nightmare, yep. which is really, really nice. Uh, we have easy app access to all their graph APIs. So... Uh, beer drinking in moments. We want to pull in their friends. We want we want to build a social application. Quite literally, it makes sense that we would authenticate with that because we'd already have access to that. It doesn't make as much sense if we have you know a local account and then later we're like, oh yeah, give us all this Facebook stuff. Why not just use Facebook if it's centered around that experience? Yep. Um, on the con, uh, some people are really weird about. <laughs> allowing applications access to their social accounts for good reason because some apps request way more than they actually need some people are yeah. just you know privacy people and they're they're not having it you know? i mean i lean towards whenever i see a developer needs access to something out of my facebook i just assume that they're going to take all of that and throw it in their database yeah pretty much i always assume the worst um yeah and so, and so that's that's an issue with social auth. And then if you're supporting multiple social providers, it gets complicated very, very quickly. Like if I'm mm. supporting Facebook and Twitter, well, suddenly I'm making graph calls to two different APIs um, to grab their friends. I have to manage the fact that the tokens that I get back from each of these services are going to be different if I'm using a client flow approach. And uh, I, have to, I have to jump through all those hoops. So it gets... It's complicated pretty quickly uh, if you're supporting mo multiple social providers. Not to mention the fact that you're tied to that service. Now with Facebook, I mean they have 1.5 billion users, so it's it's not going away tomorrow. But you are tying the future of your applications, you know, accounts and identity to this particular service, which can be problematic. And you are yeah. kind of self-selecting your user base too. With Facebook, it's not an issue, but maybe I'm building like a work application. It makes sense to use LinkedIn for social auth, but I'm only, you know allowing myself the potential user base of LinkedIn when I build my app, which most of us would be very, very happy if we if our app ever got to that size. But it's just something to be aware of, um, you know, when you're building when think, you're building apps around social auth. I do think there is a, a good argument for saying that if you're building an app with social auth, you should have a secondary sign up process such yep. as the email and password. And you should be able to link your email and password account to any accounts that you've social lost with so you know it, I, I was signing into TripAdvisor the other day and uh, I'd obviously signed up with an email address at some point and uh, within the app they, they kind of push you towards Facebook and I imagine it so they can grab more information about me and so I tapped on the Facebook button and then uh, it said you know Facebook uh, TripAdvisor wants to get your basic information and your friends list and your likes and I was like yeah fine I just want to write this review I hit OK, and then it came back and it said, oh, you've already registered. You need to sign in with your registered uh, account details. And it's like, well, 
if you know I've already got an account, then why don't you link these two things together so that in the future I can just hit that Facebook sign-in button. Um, and it also, it, it then means if I delete, you know, if I were to have originally signed up with Facebook and I deleted Facebook, I can still get in and get my data out of the account. Um, so I always think if you go social auth, do put in email sign-up as well uh, and allow the user to connect the accounts. Yeah, and another situation where B2C comes in handy, B2C not only handles local accounts, but also social accounts. So if you want that mix of both worlds, B2C is a pretty good option. Uh, you could certainly do it on your own, but you're going to have to manage all that linking yourself, which may or may not be ideal depending on what you're building. But it's definitely nice that there are solutions out there that you don't have to manage that. But I agree. I think it makes most sense for the users to have two options. And if you have to log in to use my service, making it as easy as possible to log in, that's the first thing that people see most of the time when they launch my mobile app. If it's difficult to get signed in or signed up, then I'm likely to abandon it right then and there. So having an easy sign up flow with lots of options is obviously ideal. So it's definitely a balancing act, right? Because you have to, you, you want to balance, you know, ease for the user and also not kill yourself with having to make an awesome identity solution. You're building a mobile app. You're not supposed to be building an identity management solution. So, um, yeah, there's definitely it's definitely a balancing act there. But yeah, I think so. A mix of social and local accounts is what makes most sense for for the majority of consumer apps that need identity these days. Right, and then uh, the last authentication section or item uh, that, that, that makes sense is, is uh, enterprise authentication. So if I'm building an enterprise app, most likely not going to be authing with Facebook, right? Um, Unlikely. Like, likely. Um, unless, in which case, your employer wants to see what you've been posting on Facebook. Um, but if you no worries if you have the uh, these views do not represent the views of my employer whatever you, this is a fact this is a, this is a fact whatever you post anywhere online no matter how terrible you're good to go because you have the disclaimer uh so you don't actually have to worry about it <laughs> yeah you're covered you're covered um so so enterprise auth you're probably you're going to have something already if you're having to build a mobile app and it's an enterprise internal mobile app. You probably already have an SSO solution, maybe something like Azure Active Directory, um, and you're just integrating that into your application. So I've actually been building uh, an app for the Xamarin Studio Partner Program right now, and obviously we aren't we don't we don't need to support external accounts, and I need to manage it from an IT perspective. I need to manage all the accounts and that sort of thing. But I also wanted to build an app so that uh, our student partners could log events they're doing, update their contact information, request us to send them swag shipments, that sort of thing. And so I needed something that made sense. So I went with AD. Um, so that was an example of an app where it wasn't necessarily like an internal enterprise application. Uh, it was a file new application with no existing identity that I had to bring into the app that I went with AD. So there's certainly situations where that may happen, but most of the time, if you're doing enterprise auth, you probably already have an SSO solution and essentially you're tying into that. And if you're using AD, good news, uh, you can use that MCEL library we actually talked about. It's still in preview, but it's been out for quite a while and it's very, very good. Uh, and you can actually with MCEL authenticate uh, AD accounts, uh, B2C accounts, as well as Microsoft accounts. So it does all three. It's the same API. It's brilliant. It's very, very nice to use. Um, and I think that's the easiest way to go about doing doing enterprise auth. I haven't had any issues uh, working with that. Now, and that's that's a situation where you're, it doesn't make sense probably to to duplicate your, your records from 
AD into a separate table because that's what AD is. It's a directory service. Um, and you probably would just want to call into the graph API because that's what makes most sense. But then again, you can do as you please, I suppose. But but AD, B2C, both really, really cool. Um, I was kind of, like I said, an identity noob like a month ago. And then yeah. I, I dove into all this and it's still, I'm still grasping my head, like still trying to wrap my head around all the different concepts. And I think the important thing is like, whether you're using you know, B2C, AD, you're using Facebook, Twitter, whatever, you don't have to be a protocol expert. Like, I think that's the thing. A lot of times I go to the docs and they're like, there's like four pages on OAuth. And right off the bat, I'm, I'm like, what's happening here? Like, why do I need to know this? Like, most of these libraries should handle, oh, they're not protocol libraries. They handle it all for you, um, which is really, really nice. It's also worth noting we have Xamarin.Auth which is a good option for, for developers looking to, um, to do social authentication. And it actually does some token storage as well. So for app service helpers, the library that Mike and I have been working on, we actually use uh, the token store from that, and it's secure, um, to actually store you know, the authentication token and the user ID uh, for a particular authenticated user. So that's really, really nice. That's a library also worth checking out, even if you don't go with AD or B2C. It does all the social stuff for you. And you can even add a custom provider. So maybe if you want to use one of the, the not built-in providers, like LinkedIn, for example, then you can go ahead and do that. Uh, or Salesforce or something like that. It's really, really easy to do to add a custom provider. And then you can authenticate. So. Lots of lots and lots of lots of options when it comes to identity, um, but definitely a mix of of picking what's right for the users, what's right for the mobile application, and uh, balancing that with with your joy as a developer and having to spend days and days and code and identity code, um, and then off the top, like also, does my mobile app even need identity? It may not, but if it does, uh, I think we covered identity pretty well. We covered local auth social auth and enterprise auth. Uh, so I yeah. think we covered pretty much every authentication scenario that you could possibly uh, encounter. Uh, Mike, do you have any other thoughts on identity, authentication, anything like that you'd like to share? Uh, I, d I don't, but what I will say is this, is that uh, I think later this evening, I'm gonna sit down and have a look at this uh, sign up process with B2C for the generating a native, uh, a native form rather than the web view. Because I've seen the web view and it looks pretty cool. And as you say, it just seemed lots of clicking around to get that working. Um, but I really like the idea of providing an end-to-end -end native solution. Um, so I'm gonna have a play with that. So you've given me some good, uh, some good f food for thought. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, if you have any suggestions for the Xamarin Podcast, please be sure to reach out to Mike at MikeCodes.net or me at Pierce Bogan on Twitter. We certainly value your feedback. Over the last couple of weeks, we've we've been getting some feedback about audio quality, and as Mike mentioned, uh, he's got a new machine. He's he's gonna you know mix it up nice and neat. And I actually have this fancy mic with a pop filter and everything. Mike has a sock right now over his microphone to to block do, out yeah. all the fan noise. It's really hot here. It's uh, 28 degrees today. One of the hottest days of the year. Got to have the fan on. Got to have the fan. So we've been, we've definitely been hearing your feedback, and uh, and we're gonna work on improving the audio quality moving forward. Uh, but we'd love your suggestions for topics as well uh, as we move into the fall. Uh, we're kind of you know in a dead period between different things. iOS 10's already dropped. Android 10's already dropped. We've already talked about a lot of those topics, and so 
We'd love to hear what you want us to talk about on the Xamarin Podcast, and you can do that by letting us know on Twitter. This has been another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan. And I'm Mike James. Thanks for listening.